Welcome, welcome. My name is KB, and this is The Greatness Project, where we cultivate greatness through the power of thoughts. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, my greatness fam. My name is KB. This is The Greatness Project. And as always, thank you for listening. Now, this is going to be another episode of True Stories of Greatness and Failures. This story is a personal one, not necessarily to myself, but to the person it happened to. He's a good friend of mine. So for the sake of this episode, I'm going to name him John. And John is a proud man. John is a father. John is a husband. John is a former Marine. And now John is currently a, a law enforcement officer. And John experienced something back in, in his youth, in his early days, that shaped him and molded him throughout his life and throughout his professional career. And as I go through the story, I want you guys to think about yourself and think about how the things in your past, the experiences and things that you might have dealt with, have shaped you and molded you over these years. Now, some of them might have been a negative experience, and so you might have negative emotions or negative feelings attached to that. And that's okay. That's okay. But at a certain point, you have to release yourself from that negative energy, those negative vibes, those negative thoughts, those negative feelings, so that you can think about that incident in a positive way, in a positive light, and it doesn't give you that, that, that feeling anymore. Whatever feeling it is that you have, it starts to resonate within you every time you hear something that reminds you of that or you you you, you are reminded of this one incident or this one person in your life that just that just took so much away from you. So just think about that as I go through the story. And the story takes place only a few years ago. It's fairly recent. And I was at work and I was talking to another young man and I was telling him about this book I was reading. And the book is called The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz. And it's an amazing book. It's one of the books that actually turned my whole thought processes around and it just changed the way I view things and the way I think and one of the the sections one of the four agreements is don't take things personal you never take stuff personal because when you do you ingest what's called emotional poison and that goes back to what a previous episode I talked about how when things happen in your life and you have an emotional physical reaction to it and it's marked in your brain right and you're in the server of your brain now that space is earmarked as this event and this event made me feel this way so anytime you're reminded of that event you get those thoughts and those feelings might come right on back no matter how long it's been the same way as something tragic in your family happens and you start thinking about that person and think about the tragedy in which they might have left this earth it's going to bring back some some emotion it might not be as strong as when it first happened but it's definitely going to come back but that's the same process so john was home he's a former marine He's currently a law enforcement officer, like I said, and he came home on military leave to visit his mother. And his mother lived in South Los Angeles, which is not the best of neighborhoods, but, you know, she keeps to herself and she stays fairly safe. So he come home and she needs to find something from the store. So he goes to the store, walks to the store and goes to get whatever it is she needs. Well, as he leaves the store, he was encountered by a young man, African-American man, he points a gun at him and he rides him, makes him get on his knees and takes him, takes him for everything he has. And John tells me that he, he begged for his life. He begged the man, the young man, not to shoot him in his back. 
as he as he as he kneeled down on the ground. He said, "You can take whatever you have. Please, please don't shoot me." So, I I, I didn't know this about John. He 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 told me in the most peculiar of ways because I was talking to another young man, as I said before, about this book, Four Agreements, and I was telling him about that passage about don't take things personal. And I told him I used the analogy that if a person walked up to you with a gun and just shot you right in the face, bang. You still can't take that personal. And then the young man said, why? Well, that's, that's, he shot me in the face. How am I not supposed to take that personal? And I said, well, did you know him? Did you do anything to precipitate those actions? The person just walked up and shot you, unknown male, right? So how can you take that personal? You don't even know that person. That person doesn't know you. And he's like, well, yeah, but you know, that's still, that's still personal because now I'm affected by it. You're right. And you'll be continued to be affected by it. If you live, if you survive, you'll be continued to be affected by it emotionally because you would have ingested emotional poison and now that incident would forever left a scar. And so John jumps up out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was sitting there, but he was sitting behind this little partition so I couldn't see him. And he said, hey, Kevin, I, I don't agree with that. That's not right. No, that person has no right to violate you in that manner. That's, that's not right. And he storms off. And I'm looking like, oh, okay, John. What the is going on? And he storms off, slams, slams the door, and okay, cool. So about 30 minutes later, I'm going upstairs to my locker. And as I round the corner, I see John sitting there in a chair right in front of my locker. And I hesitate because I'm thinking, John's mad. He just kind of cursed me out and stormed off. I think we about to possibly tussle and go to blows here right in the locker room. So I prepare myself and say, hey, what's up, John? You got a problem? And his hands were buried so deep into his face as he uh, hunched over and leaned over the chair and said, I apologize. I didn't mean to blow up at you and yell at you, but I, I, I kind of don't agree with what you said down there. And I said, OK, well, let's talk about it. What part don't you agree with? And he said, well, I had been robbed by a young man. When I was going to the store for my, for my mother and he took me for everything I had. And I remember being a grown man on my knees begging this young man not to shoot me, not to kill me. And I just came home from military leave, serving my country. And this is what I come home to. This is the, the welcome party that I get. And he talked about how throughout his 18-year law enforcement career, how he carried that with him. And so that every young black man that he came across during that time, he, he reminded him of the young, young black man who robbed him years ago. Even if he didn't look like him per se, it wasn't the same stature, he just reminded, like, I wonder if this could be him. I wonder if, because he never knew. It turns out later that that young black man ended up getting arrested, get caught, because about a year later he got caught, arrested for another crime, and had John's ID still in his wallet. So they were able to link the two, and he ended up serving, I think, about three years for that crime. But John, since he did ingest that emotional poison, he served about 18 years for that crime. Until that day, when we were speaking to Locker, he still was upset. He still was turning red, almost teary-eyed. He was emotional. I said, why are you taking it so personal? That, that young man didn't know you. That young man didn't know your name, didn't know. He didn't care. You were just a victim. You were just a person who he wanted something from, and he took it forcefully. I was like, you should be thankful. And he cut me off. He said, Thankful? Why the fuck would I be thankful for that? Why? No, I wouldn't, I'm not thankful for that. He scarred me forever. I was like, no, 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 no. 
You don't have to be scarred forever, my brother. You can be free from that. I said, but when you take it personal, when you make it personal, you enslave yourself in these, in these chains, in this, this bondage of sorts. Because now that instant in your mind is forever, forever etched in there. And every young black man you see, you equate that to the one who, who robbed you. you. You think here they're on the same level when it's not true. We're not all the same. And law enforcement is the wrong kind of career for someone to be in who has that mindset. And he thought about it for a second. He's like, yeah, but how, how am I supposed to shake that? I was like, well, you can't change the events that happened to you. Only thing you can really do is change how you view those events. I said, one thing you should do, you should be fortunate that that was you. You should be fortunate and thankful that that was you in that moment getting robbed by that, that, that young man. I was like, because had you not come home on leave, wouldn't your mom still have need, needed that bread from the store? So wouldn't she have had to go get it herself? So what if that was her walking down? And he knocked her over, took her stuff, and did whatever to her. Or what if that was a single mother who needed some milk for their kids? And so she had to go down there with the kids. And then he, the guy was in the bushes waiting for her. You should be thankful that that was you because you were strong enough to withstand the moment. You were strong enough to understand that your life is worth so much more than this wallet or these items he's going to take from you. You can replace those. You can't replace your life. He, he got quiet for a minute, got kind of solemn, and he said, you know what, you're right, bro. You, you're, he actually started emotionally getting emotional and kind of teared up on me and he said, you're right, man. I just, I just, I just had these negative feelings and these negative thoughts for so long, man. I just, and, and every time, that's why I can't work in certain areas because every time I get around people who remind me of him, it just makes me more aggressive. It just makes me feel a certain way that I don't want to feel. And I said, I totally understand. I totally get it. But that's the beauty in the journey of life. We have to learn from these things. We have to grow from these things. And now that I've shown you a new way to possibly look at it, you got to take that with you. Don't just talk to me now and say, yes, I understand. It's cool. It's cool. But then you go out on patrol and you go out somewhere else with your family. And you see another young black man who looks like the one previous and you have those same feelings. You need to break yourself from that. You break yourself from those emotional chains. And he agreed, gave me a hug. We left and that's where it ended. And now, prior to that, me and John had a pretty good relationship, but now we, we, we just communicate and we talk and we vibe on a different level because he talks about his wife now, he talks about his kid and he talks about life on a deeper level, not just coworker surface level stuff that you talk about, oh yeah, how's the family? Oh yeah, everybody's good, yeah. Now he talks about his dinner, his innermost feelings about his wife and their relationship and his kids and how difficult it is to raise a young man in society and just, our, our relationship is a lot deeper than what it was previously based off that conversation. So as I said in the beginning, think about situations in your life in which you may have been done wrong, you may have been the victim, or you may have been the person, the oppressor, the person who was doing someone wrong. And if you carry that with you, although you might deserve to carry it with you for being a malicious person, but you can't just harbor any kind of ill will or resentment towards anyone that's ever done you wrong because you don't know what led them down that path you don't know what's going on in their mind you don't know what's going on in their lives that that lead that led them down that road to just doing people the wrong way they might have been done wrong so somebody might have wronged them over and over again or just one time and it was strong enough for where they just don't have no love or respect for people and or for themselves 
So like I said, if a person can walk up to you, rob you, take a gun, shoot you, whatever, it does not mean you have to live in that moment forever. That one two-minute moment affected John for 18 years. And when I spoke to him, I asked him, do you think that young man is thinking about you? He's probably in his 30s now. Do you think he he's he's thinking about you? Man, I feel bad about that one dude I robbed back then. I, I shouldn't have done that. He, he, he probably robbed several before you, several after you, or, or God knows did what else. Or he could have turned his life around and been a positive example in, in the community. He could be a positive, uh, hardworking young man now. Either way, his life went on and so should yours. So my greatness family, in terms of just seeking the best out of ourselves, the best out of this life, we have to release ourselves from those emotional chains, that emotional bondage. We have to stop drinking that emotional poison. And I know it's hard sometimes to, to say that this person did me wrong and I'll never forgive them and blah, blah, blah. But we got people who murder entire families and the, 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 the victim's family still go meet them in prison and say, hey, you know, I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm, I, I'm, I feel sorry for you. Even though you might have took my, my brother, sister, mother, daughter, whoever, I feel sorry for you. And that's powerful. That's powerful. Because now they're free of that. They don't have to hate that man forever. They don't have to have hate in their heart about anything. That's not what we're here for. So I want you guys to think about situations in your life. Just think about the people in your life. Are they positive? Are they are they providing positive feedback and positive vibe, positive energies for you that, that, that you can feed off of to help you further stay positive? Or when you get around certain people that... Do they just make you negative? Do they just make your thoughts switch, your mood switch, and not in a positive way? So let's think about that as we progress through this thing called life, this journey called life. We only get one crack at it, and I don't want to spend my time being negative or thinking about things in my childhood or thinking about things in my my, my teens or my early 20s and how I was just done wrong and you know forget this girl. I'll never, I'll never speak to her damn my life. You got to forget all that. Forget all that. Because best believe, those people who done you wrong, they probably forgot all that. They probably moved on to the next one. So if they moved on, how come How come you can't? How come we can't? So as I said, my name is KB. This is The Greatness Project. And I wish you all a beautiful, beautiful life. A free mind. Clear of any clutter. Clear of any emotional baggage and unnecessary things. That just don't have a purpose in your life in your brain, in your mind, in your spirit, in your heart, in your soul. Free yourself. So as I go, as always, I would like to leave you with this quote. Now this quote is from Mark Twain, and it's a good one. And it says, Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the truly great make you feel like you too can become great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Greatness Project. Be sure to follow on Instagram at the greatness underscore project. And remember, thoughts are the genesis of greatness.